Militarily Speaking, Episode 46, Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education. I should say AFSAPA. I don't think that's how it's... Oh, please don't. (laughs) This episode, I'm going to try and save it right here at the top. This episode, we talk with Rachel DeLeon, Executive Director with the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean and Jody Vickery. I'm the Regional Military Executive for Armed Forces Bank. And Jody, I always stumble across your job title just because you do so many other things other than being the Director of Military Consumer Lending. Yeah, so I'm going to have it change this title. to just like we'll work for food. <laughs> Again, it's always other duties as a sign. Oh, I need. I have a project for you, Jody. Okay, I'll do it. Pick me. Right? <laughs> it keeps the day interesting. So again, welcome to our show. We're excited to have you listening and learning about our guest, Rachel, with the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education. I won't refer to it as Tom tried to say it phonetically, (laughs) but maybe AFCPE for short, a little less of a mouthful. But I do want to take just a second and tell our audience a little bit about you, Rachel. This should all be not new information for you, of course. Rachel is the Executive Director For the AFCPE, she has been a leader in the nonprofit space for more than nine years, previously serving as the AFCPE's Director of Communications and Member Services. She holds a BA from DePaul University and has a background in business management and communications. Rachel is deeply committed to AFCPE's mission to ensure the highest standards of the personal finance profession, to raising awareness for the value of the AFC, and to building capacity within our field so that all people have access to qualified, trustworthy financial counseling and education. She serves on the America Saves Advisory Council, the Jumpstart Coalition Board, and is a member of her local PTA. I've tried to do that, and it didn't well, work out so PTA? well. We yeah. can tell funny stories about that another time. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, yes, I'm better off to just be the mom that writes a check. Rachel is happily married to an entrepreneur, a mom of two active kids, and an avid runner, and a voracious reader. So welcome, Rachel. It is an honor to have you on our show, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for so having ver- me. So voracious, what's that mean? Does that mean, <laughs> just, does that mean you read a that's, lot? That's an SAT oh, no. word, right? right. It, means I, it means I like to read, yes. lifelong learner. Yes, that's one of your multi-syllabic words. So, so. speaking of reading, what, what, do you, what type of genre? What, what's, your, what's your go-to book style? Oh, it, it depends on my mood. If I'm on vacation, definitely fiction. But right now, we just came off of our AFCPE symposium, and one of our final keynote speakers was Matthew Desmond. He wrote Poverty by America, and so that was the latest book on my nightstand. You're a student of the game, since you're passionate about what you do, and you read on the side, too, and it's relevant stuff. I I try to, and a lot of times listen to podcasts, because you can multitask, do the dishes, go for a walk, and and take it in. Sometimes it's a little easier than curling up with a book. I either go from Stephen King to Dr. Seuss, somewhere in between. (laughs) (laughs) Both excellent. John Grisham, Grisham, Dean Koontz is another one of my favorites. Uh He struck me as more of a good night moon kind of guy. (laughs) Tom, those were were my early genres. Even in middle school, a good Dean Koontz novel. I, I can appreciate that. Different than Lama Let's Lama change Red the topic pajama. of our podcast to be about books, movies, sports. Here we go. Murder mysteries. <laughs> yes. Medical. We'll get into that thrillers. 2 a.m. voice, right? going to get a, weird a fast. By Rachel. <laughs> so yeah. save us, Rachel. Tell us a little bit about AFCPE. Kind of give us that broad brush overview of the organization and its mission. 
Yeah, of course. So we're a national nonprofit. We were founded 40 years ago, and we certify and educate financial counselors, coaches, and educators. And our mission is to positively impact the financial well-being for all people by ensuring the highest standards for financial counseling, coaching, and education. But what really resonates with me about AFCPE is we believe that all people deserve equitable access to these types of services. And so we're really committed to building a more integrated field. And we do that through education and certification. And I stumped you. you no. To- <laughs> Oh, you're Tom was fine. gathering his thoughts. I know. Sometimes that take. That's sometimes okay. that takes a minute. Sometimes or two. I go tangential, <laughs> which is my big word for the day. Voraciously tangential. Oh. But so Westerville, Ohio, right? So yes. So if you travel thirty minutes one way, you hit Granville, Ohio, right? Yeah, I do. They have a great cidery. <laughs> I went to school there at Den- at Denison. Denison? Yeah, I. I looked at Kenyon, looked at DePaul, and you're a graduate of DePaul, yeah. right? DePaul wouldn't DePaul wouldn't let me in. So it was <laughs> I looked at DePaul and Dennis yeah. came down so, to those. So two. Kenyon didn't come up, right? It didn't. All right. So you, you probably got accepted at both and took DePaul. That's correct. All right. So that's my I'm probably gonna go on another tangent I'm just today. I'm impressed but with the it. judgment but, of the good folks at DePaul if they didn't let you in. <laughs> <laughs> See, you have time to gather that rebuttal like that, Jody, and then you like to slam me publicly. That's one cup of coffee. That's all it took. All right. So, Rachel, we are are focused primarily here at Armed Forces Bank on improving the financial well-being of military families. I know you work with military. You work with the civilian side of the house as well. But it would be nice to hear about how you partnered with the military over time to ensure financial resilience, financial readiness. We know financial stability is important for things like security clearances, career advancement, general mental stress levels, just you know, just the balance in their lives too. And certainly we at Armed Forces at our locations partner with ACS and FRG and other financial education groups to make sure that we're doing our part as well. But it, you want to talk about the military side and talk about some of the initiatives you do and how, how important that is for you? Yeah, Tom, of course. So something that's really unique about AFCPE is that our professionals work across all areas of the field. And so military is definitely one of those aspects. They work in academia, for nonprofit organizations, private practice, military and banks, government institutions. And so the AFC in our community is really diverse. We were founded by a group of educators, but one of our earliest constituencies was the military community. And I'd like to say it's because the military community saw the need for financial readiness earlier than a lot of other communities, which, which speaks volumes. But we have since 2006, we've had what's known as the FINRA Foundation Military Spouse Fellowship Program. And FINRA Foundation saw the need for more financial counselors in our military communities. And this program's really instrumental because it covers the cost for military spouses to get the AFC. And as you know, military spouse lifestyle is very transient. And so employment can be difficult. And this has really, this program has really been a career starter for military spouse families. But what's really unique about the AFC and what our spouses have often said is that going through the program also really secures their own financial foundation Mm, so they can better help others. And so FINRA Foundation has been a longtime partner, and we continue to 
provide that fellowship. And while they're going through that and earning their experience hours, they're giving back to the military community, both during that program and after. Another program that we had with the CFPB in 2015 put financial counselors in 60 locations across the country, some working with low to middle income families, but a lot working with veterans in the military community as well. And we saw some really great efforts come out of that. And today, one of the things we're very proud of is that the military recognizes the AFC as a standard. And so if you are a member of the military community, there are personal financial counselors on nearly every military base. And most of those hold the AFC designation, the accredited financial counselor. You know, I think we get that a lot, too, on the installations where we are, that they want that sort of accreditation or certification to, you know, put their support around even the bankers that we have employed on those installations. And I think that gives it sort of the, the support necessary and the, to allow us to do that, too. And certainly, I think we can learn from you, Rachel, about how we can get that get better, maybe bridge the gap a little bit to work collaboratively with those organizations on the installation. You mentioned 60. Is that what the CFPB said? That was with the CFPB that we had 60 locations across the country. But AFCs are on nearly every military base across the world. And they're also employed by the PFC contract through Magellan Federal also requires either an AFC or a CFP. But Tom, I think what is really interesting is, you know, in our industry, financial counseling, coaching, education isn't regulated. And so there are a lot of people out there that call themselves financial coaches or financial counselors, but really don't have that background. And I always find it mind-blowing that you have to have a license to cut someone's hair, but you don't have to have that (laughs) to be a financial counselor. And so, you know, I just really respect the military community for recognizing that standards matter, education experience is critical, not meeting people with one-size-fits-all solutions, really looking at people's values. And then, you know, anyone who goes through the AFC, they they report back to a nonprofit organization that has ethical standards. And so we're sort of helping, not regulating, but really kind of overseeing the values in the field. I think that makes a lot of sense. And And it's not a surprise that the military would be an early constituency. I mean, it's so important for a military family to have their financial house in order so that it's not a distraction, it's not a source of stress. They've got enough things going on in in their lives most of the time. By the way, Jody is a military spouse. I don't think I told you that, Rachel, but... Yeah. And so what, 20 years? 20 20 years and 22 days. Yeah. (laughs) And and the other thing about Armed Forces Bank that you may or may not know is that 80 to 85% of the people that we employ out there in our retail locations have a military connection. And a lot of it is focused on the spouses. We know the PCS. We know we try to we're in the people betterment business when it comes to working in that environment and and sort of moving their career forward. And it's always great to see someone as a personal banker get promoted to supervisor or in a management ranks in a very short period of time. And then they can take those skills that are portable and take them to their next duty station or and stay in banking. Or they can transfer internally with us to another installation where we operate a bank. So it's it's cool to see yeah. the progression. And I think they all appreciate in the military world the opportunity to be employed, but also the opportunity to learn skills. Yeah, Tom, I think that's one of the values of an accredited financial counselor designation is it is so transferable. You know, they can work for a bank. They might PCS. They can work on the base. We're seeing more 
AFC starting private practices. And so it really is a transferable skill that you can take with you. I want to transition that a little bit into what do you have to bring to the table in terms of qualification to become an AFCPE certified counselor? I know they have to study for an exam. They have to obviously pass the exam, but what do they need to bring to the table? And then what are their ongoing commitments to staying current, staying you know, in the know on new financial matters? Yeah. You know, people come to the AFC program from a lot of different areas and walks of life. You don't have to come to the designation with the educational background. We do offer a self-study that that program trains you through all of the core competencies. I would say most people that find the program have a natural interest and aptitude and really a heart for service. It's very different than other financial designations in the way that it's utilized. The education, so everybody has to have education to, to earn their AFC. They can do that through self-study. Some people come to us through a registered education program. We're affiliated with numerous universities across the country where students actually earn the or take the coursework through their degree program to sit for the exam. Jody, we were talking, you know, before, but oftentimes we'll have an independent trainer program where someone will actually come to your site and provide education that way. So no matter how you satisfy the education program or requirement, then you go on to sit for an exam. And then we require a thousand hours of experience, which equated to work life, if you're working in the field, is about six months full-time work. But for someone who's coming to the field organically, sometimes that might look a little different. And so oftentimes people volunteer, they might do it part-time. VITA programs are really great for gaining experience. And so AFCPE helps work with those that are new to the field to help gain those experience hours. And then once those experience hours are met, the exam is taken, you sign a code of ethics, and you have your designation. Once you're certified, we do require continuing education. So 30 hours every two years. And you can get that education through a variety of ways in the field. We do have a membership community. So we offer professional development that's really focused on the work that our people are doing. We have multiple opportunities every month. And I just got back last week from a big symposium that we host every year. This year it was in New Orleans. So that's a great way to earn hours as well. Probably was kind of fun too. I mean, New Orleans. I know. <laughs> was that your first time? Was that your first time in New Orleans? It wasn't actually. I I said at the beginning, I was a runner, so I ran a race there in high school. Ah. Uh, so that was my very first time in New Orleans. And then I actually attended a financial conference there in 2015. So often I don't get to sightsee much while yeah, I'm They there, probably keep you pretty busy. Was, <laughs> they kept me pretty busy. But we did have, we had a parade and a marching band that kicked off our our event. So we brought New Orleans inside the hotel. Very good. Do I have to pronounce it Nolens? I was going to, you know, is it New Orleans? Is it <laughs> New Orleans? Is I, know. It I don't want to offend anybody. So I don't know. I'll have to watch NCIS New Orleans and see how they say it. <laughs> Do you? So speaking of running, weren't we speaking of running? <laughs> she was. You and I weren't. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so have you done a marathon? I have. I've done several. Oh. Could you be a little bit more vague? How many is several? How many? How many is several? <laughs> I've done. I've done seven. Wow. Um, but my. My husband is an entrepreneur and he actually, we own running stores in central Ohio. So I grew up with the sport. My community is surrounded by it. And we even did a group run at Symposium this year. So 
It follows me where I go. Did I just hear a shameless plug for her husband's business? I'm okay it's, with that. It probably do you was. Put, do you want to tell the audience what his website is? So they go. And- <laughs> you can send it to me though, because I like to buy running outfits. Like as if I was going to run. <laughs> That's the first step, right? That's a, I actually used to run. I've run one marathon. You have? I, I oh, did. Fantastic. I ran the Oklahoma City Marathon. And I nearly died. I have not done I that I nearly one. died. So what's your best time? Oh, God, don't ask me that. Oh, Many years ago, three twenty one, which is like seven thirty pace. Yeah, takes takes me three minutes and twenty one seconds to eat a marathon bar, and that's that's all I got. <laughs> I think I was in the aid station for that long. Tom, I'm right there with you today. So. That was just a that was a phase of your life, right, Rachel? So now you're you moved on. Yeah, now I'm passing it down to my children. Are they avid runners and voracious about it? They yeah. are. They're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So. Uh, I feel somewhat inadequate now. Let's change the subject. <laughs> yeah, let's move. Let's yeah. move Speaking back. of running. No, so Speaking you of got anything a, other than running. You have a partner program out there. And again, I don't think we've said your website yet, but it's www.afcpe.org, right? And there's a lot of, there's a plethora of information <laughs> out there. Just a lot. I mean, it talks about how many are certified, all the different training opportunities that are out there, the different courses that are out there. So Let's talk about the partners that you have out there on your website. And why don't you talk about that program that's in place with your organization? Yeah. So really, we look for partners that share our commitment to the vision of the organization that want to ensure that all people have access to financial counseling, coaching, and education, but that also share our values for high standards, equity and inclusion, accessibility, Over the last few years, we've really been looking intently at our programs to make sure they're accessible for all types of learners. And so we have a variety of different partners that have supported a lot of those efforts. We've recently redesigned a course that we developed with the National Disability Institute called Financial Inclusion Essential. And that revision was because of a generous partner, JPMorgan Chase. And so we're really looking for opportunities to partner with organizations that share our values and that help put financial education directly within communities. We really think it's important that we're building capacity in communities. People want to be served by those amongst their communities. I, you know that you go into a bank and you think about that as part of you become a member of that of that bank and they they know you. They know they know your community, they know your family, they know your friends. I grew up going to my local bank to get my lollipop <laughs> when my mom did her banking. And, you know, I think that setting people up early on is really important. I also know a lot of banks really reinvest within the community. And so over the years, a lot of partners have been banks who have helped nonprofit organizations educate their staff members to become AFCs. And so really, at the end of the day, we're just looking for someone who shares our values. I think that's a really good point. I think it's less intimidating for people to go to people that are part of their community that fabric, look yeah. like them, that are that are like them, to ask difficult questions or questions that might otherwise be intimidating, for sure. Yeah, and one of the things we always say about the AFC is we're not training you to provide a one-fits-all solution. You may have a lived experience where you yourself got out of debt, but what worked for you doesn't always work for everyone. And so it's really important to understand someone's values, whether it's, you know, their religious values or their background. Some people become caretakers for their families, you know, and so really understanding 
all of the nuances that go into someone's life and helping them build their financial situation around around those values. Makes total sense to me. Yep. Can you can you share with us a little bit about the Veterans Initiative? I know it began back in 2022 as part of a partnership with AMBA. I mean, obviously that audience and that constituency is near and dear to our heart, but we'd love to have you share about that with our audience. Yeah, absolutely. So the Veterans Benefits Banking Program, I believe, has been around a little bit longer. But in 2022, Wells Fargo, who had funded a national pro bono initiative that we did through the pandemic, and AMBA approached us about integrating those types of services into their Veterans Benefits Banking Program. And so right now it's a virtual financial counseling and credit counseling initiative. We partnered with AMBA. NFCC, and then AFCPE. And we offer counseling services to veterans. Those services are free of charge. They're open to any veteran who wants to take advantage of that. And I think what's really unique about our program, the AFC, the accredited financial counselors that volunteer, they're really ingrained in the military community themselves. Many of them are veterans, they're military spouses, they really understand the background of the veterans that are that are coming through the program. And the outcomes in just a year, we've served nearly a thousand veterans and it's tremendous. People come through and, you know, oftentimes it's relieving stress, it's building hope, it's providing resources. And we talked a lot earlier about how the military community really takes care of financial readiness as military service members are going through their time of service. But outside of that, the same infrastructure isn't really in place. And so helping veterans determine where to go to provide or to find really safe and trustworthy financial advice is really important. There are a lot of bad eggs and a lot of fraud out there. And so this is a space where a veteran can come and ask a question and really be plugged into resources that they need. I think that'd be important as they transition and make those plans. And then, you know, of course, beyond that, as they settle into civilian life. Yeah. And Veterans Affairs has really been a tremendous partner in this, ensuring that the word gets out to veterans. They've done a number of mailings. And, you know, we'd really love to see as this grows that something like this becomes more institutionalized, just as it is with the PFC program. I think with your involvement with VBBP and the fact that, <laughs> you know, the fact that vet, there's vet sense out there, right? And Mm-hmm. And that sense is part of, of this program as well, that sort of high tech and, and high tech. And then the veteran saves, right? That's sort of, it was yep. kind of supposed to launch last April when we, during military saves week for, for us, but I think it'll be, be coming out in full force next year, right? Next April. Yep. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And, you know, some of our podcast episodes with Veterans Community Project and you know, fish friends in service of heroes and vet biz that provides education for veterans getting into the business world once they transition or once they retire. So certainly veterans are part of our DNA too, to serve them the the best we can. So thank you for your focus on veterans as well. So you're, so we get to talk about a podcast now. So your podcast, we talked about this (laughs) offline a little bit, started in January of 2020. Is that right? It did. And I was not originally the the co-host of the show. So I, like I said in my bio, I started in communications and I have been in the executive director role for a little over a year now. And so 
I joined the podcast in January of 20... Two or three. 2022. My first podcast episode, I had COVID and it was live (laughs) on video. That's fantastic. (laughs) I I, I was thrown into the deep end early. Yeah, but we've had the, the podcast has been around since 2020 and it's really focused on storytelling. And so bringing the stories of people that are in the field and doing this work to the forefront. And it's really been an honor. It's one of the fa- my most favorite parts about my job. And I'm sure Tom and you, you know, you probably feel the yeah. same, but just you get to meet with so many really interesting people and deliver their stories. And I all, always find that like it's in those small stories, those threads that you really get to know someone and learn about what the work they're doing. Yeah. I well, think and yours are, pith- yours are pithy. I mean, yours are like 22 minutes. So you, you you get right. You get right to the point instead of having like Tom talk about these. Well, side ours used notes. to be pithy. I want to. I want to listen to the COVID version of your. Uh, I can't even imagine. I, I, I can't. I don't sick. know how you got through that. Yeah, Tom. If I we have a great editor, but if I had my way, I love long form podcasts. I could listen. You know, it gives you something to listen to while you go for your run. So they'd be two hours long if Mary Carlson, my co-host, was game. <laughs> Yeah, we could just have Tom record two hours of nothing if you would like for your next run. It'd probably be a bestseller. I know you'd be like, you, you can do it. Keep I going. <laughs> Don't stop now. And if it's so marathon, I'm trying to do the math. A marathon, you said three hours and 21 minutes. That you could listen to a lot of episodes. You could. Yeah. Think you how many could. I could listen to if I ran a marathon. <laughs> I could listen to the whole season. I could, li- of Real I could Money. listen to all forty-six of our episodes like six times, and if you I could read Moby Dick like twelve times, right? All, yes, all in that. War and Peace. <laughs> yes. And then you could watch an epic four-hour movie with Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> but we we digress. We digress. So she actually set me up for what I would like to to hear. That's about. why we did that. I know. So so well done, Rachel. So the, okay. the storytelling aspects of the podcast, I agree. We've met some of the, the most amazing people as we've oh, yeah. done this over the months. I was going to say years. Yeah. Year. Yep. Singular. <laughs> yeah. But can you share, you know, maybe a story of either somebody that has become a counselor that you saw the change it, it made in their life or maybe one of the people that a counselor has helped turn turn a situation around for themselves and their personal finances? I think that's a great way to yeah. articulate for our audience kind of the value in in real people terms of what y'all are doing. Yeah. So I can share both. You know, I think one of the things I am not myself a financial counselor. And so I'm not in the room when those conversations happen. But every year at the symposium, most years at the symposium, we instituted a community event. And so when I, when I first started with AFCPE, that was the first time I got to be in a room where we had partnered with the local United Way and people from the community came in to meet with a financial counselor. And our symposium is always around Thanksgiving. And so the last thing people want to do before they head into the holidays is meet with a financial <laughs> counselor. <laughs> they all, you know, they all think you're going to tell them yeah. to, to give up Christmas, which they're not. But I think that was that very first session and in, in that very first symposium is when I realized that this is what I need to be doing because seeing people come and meet with our counselors and walking away with tears, but not tears of frustration, but tears of relief. And so I think people don't understand that giving knowledge is power. 
And not only that, but it's removing shame and breaking down barriers. And people came away from those with resources and support. And so, you know, whether it's through the Veterans Benefits Banking Program or through one of these pro bono initiatives that we do, you know, AFCs are the real heroes in our community. And so, you know, whether it's through the podcast or anything else, being able to talk to an AFC and hear their stories is really powerful. In relation to the podcast, we just had someone on a couple weeks ago, and this is something that's near and dear to my heart, but he was talking about really integrating the field. And so he was actually a financial therapist, and he's built a practice that has a financial counselor and a financial planner. And he's doing a lot of research around it as well. And really looking at how do we create, whether it's inside a bank or at a nonprofit, a way to have these kind of wraparound services so people don't have to be transferred from one place to the next. You know, oftentimes you go to a nonprofit, you may have food insecurity, they find there's something related to financial counseling, so they transfer you somewhere else and you're having to Mm -hmm. tell your story again. And in telling that story again, you're kind of building up this trauma and repeating this trauma and frustration. And how do we as a community break down these barriers? And so within one place, there's, you know, we're better integrated to serve people's needs. And so I just love talking to AFCs who are really pioneers in these areas and sort of leading the charge with new and innovative ideas. Yeah, that one-stop shop uh, is a is a great formula, especially mm-hmm. in this, it's a, it's a challenging and sensitive topic and field and you know think about veterans outreach centers where they have the services under one roof you think about recruiting stations that have all branches of service under roof one roof certainly you talk about retailers that try to make it a one-stop shop for the a better experience and the sensitive nature of the conversations you have with folks that seek for your attention and direction it's yeah you want to you want to just have them go through it once and right. be a problem solver they at do. the time especially if, it, if they've stubbed their toe or messed something i mean you know nobody likes to repeat the hey i failed at my finances story over and over again as they meet a new person and, yeah yeah agreed no but i but i think most of us have yes. failed at our yes. finances yes. at one yeah. time or yeah. another and so it's really yeah. And so I think it's being really vulnerable and honest about that. And once people remove that shame, they realize, hey, there's a way out. You know, you're not stuck in this rotating cycle. And then we wake up one day and we sing the thing that I'm debt free, right? And you <laughs> don't sing. Right. Don't sing. I'm just going to stop that <laughs> right there. We have, to, we have to edit that now? We will if you actually yeah. sing. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk the money management essentials class. I think I kind of teed it up to you. That started in 2017, but you got a lot of essential courses out there, right? Like money management essentials, financial inclusion essentials, college finance yeah. essentials, DEIB is sort of our thing, but DEI essentials is what you have out there too. Yeah. So talk about those that original, either the original course or the direction you're going with the content. Yeah. So money management essentials is a little different than our other courses. So I can start there, but we actually created that as a capacity builder. And so, you know, as I mentioned, we serve a lot of different groups throughout the country. And the AFC is a very rigorous certification. You know, it takes a thousand hours of experience. It takes time. And so we look at money management essentials as a stepping stone to the AFC. And so it covers all the core competencies of the designation, but it doesn't go quite as deep. It's a 10 to 12 hour online course 
It was recently redesigned last year and really meets learners where they are, reinforces learning, has a lot of great activities in it. And we are seeing, you know, some entry-level banking positions go through that. We see uh, student money management centers on campus. A lot of people are putting students through that. And then especially in the nonprofit space, you know, there is more turnover or volunteers that are doing this work. And so it's a really great foundation for the AFC. And then we allow, if you take the course, you can actually apply the cost of the course towards your exam. Uh, So it's a nice, nice, you know, way to step into the designation. Our other essentials courses were really designed to meet specific needs. And so they're building blocks to a designation, you know, whether it's an AFC or financial, you know, if you're a financial planner, those can be really great courses for you. But we've really just looked at gaps within the field and where our community really needs more specific education. And so I talked a little bit about financial inclusion essentials earlier. That's the one we most recently read redesigned, but I think the statistic is one in four people in the United States live with a disability. And so when you think about that and you look to our mission of serving all people, it's really important as financial professionals, no matter what area of the field that you're serving, that you understand the resources that are available to people with a disability right. or or people that are taking care of those with a disability. You mentioned DEI Essentials. That was also developed through a funder a couple of years ago, too. And, and we also, it's DEI Essentials, but internally DEI A and B, Accessibility and Belonging. And it really covers the whole gamut of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's a really powerful course for someone just to understand the social impact and the nuances in diversity, equity, and inclusion. A lot of the systemic issues through the years. It's a really robust course that I recommend. And then we're in the process of redesigning military essentials. Uh, So we do have a military essentials course. That course came about, we did a webinar series every year funded by FINRA Foundation for PFCs. And all of that rich content that we were delivering each year, we said, how do we package this in a way that really services those that are working with military professionals? And so Thanks to FINRA Foundation, we're working on updating that course as well. So really excited about what that will look like when we're through. So, yep. You have a time frame on that? Is, is it to be determined? We're, so probably early 2025. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a project for next year. Very good. good very good. With so many different yeah. choices and, and ways to, say, like focus their energy with the different courses that you just walked through, What are some of the career paths? I mean, you've talked about this a little bit, particularly with spouses. What are some of the career paths you see AFCs taking? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's really unique about the designation in general. I would say, I kind, you know, and I kind of touched on these a little bit. We from nonprofit to higher ed, so that might be financial aid, that might be education, that might be cooperative extension. We have some even K through twelve teachers that are starting you know, to utilize the AFC, oftentimes, depending on the state, you know, financial education and and schools might get, it might be the history teacher, Mm -hmm, you know, or somebody that gets charged with doing that, and they don't have necessarily the background, or the confidence to teach that. And so our programming can support that as well. We are seeing 
some banks start to really invest. We're seeing a little bit more on the credit union side. I don't know if you want la, to la, la, cut la, la, that la, out, la. <laughs> but but we are seeing more banks. Uh, you know, even a lot of times I, I spoke recently, and I won't say who was, but with a bank in, in their wealth management department, and even realizing like even people that have wealth to invest still need foundational skills, and so really the value of having an AFC on staff to help people holistically through their life cycle is really important. And so we're seeing that probably leaving things out. Private practice is probably the most up and coming career path that we're seeing. I think the pandemic, a lot of people wanting to be entrepreneurs or work remotely or really control their schedule. And so it's really interesting to see professionals really hone in on their niche. You know, we have private practitioners that work specifically with military or veteran communities. We have private practitioner that might work with women who want to adopt. And so it's really interesting how people take what their passion is and really hone in on those areas as well. I love that. It just gives them the opportunity to to step into what they can get fired up about every day, which probably makes them pretty darn good counselors. Absolutely. I think PFM and financial education sometimes has banks and credit unions and others look to invest resources and money into those as much as we uh, are advocates and fans of having our clients live better or members on the credit union side live better financial lives. It It is a commitment and you have to either be all in. You can't just go, whether you gamify it or whether you have instructors or AFC certified folks collaborating with you to deliver that. It is a tough, it's tough to crack the code and I'm a big fan of it. And Certainly, that doesn't pay the bills either as far as wanting to do as much as we possibly can with that endeavor. And didn't states, you probably know this, Rachel, did states, wasn't there a mandate for our schools to offer financial education? And, and that maybe got up to like 13 or 17 states, and now that's not a requisite anymore in the education curriculum? Well, it depends on the state. It's really state-driven. Not all states require it, but there is there are lots of initiatives out there we're part of a coalition called FinEd 50 that's really working on, you know, us personally as a nonprofit, we're not doing the lobbying, but there are groups out there that are really lobbying for financial education and not just to require it, but to make it equitable across all communities because it doesn't always look the Mm -hmm. same. And there's one thing to check that box and say, okay, we're going to deliver it, but how do we deliver it in a sustainable way? I think Jumpstart Coalition or Junior Achievement, I mean, there's wonderful programs out there, and thanks for doing your part in that, too. I'm glad you're trying to advance uh, advance it even further. That makes it equitable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Jumpstart, for anyone who's interested in K-12 financial education, they have a wonderful, wonderful clearinghouse of resources that can support teachers doing this work, that can support parents doing this work, and they have really, they're a pioneer in that oh, yeah. effort as well. I think pioneer is the word of the day next to voracious. I guess. Right? Or pl- plethora. <laughs> Have I used it more if than you, once? Yeah, that, that's, the te- that's the litmus test, right? If you use it more than once, okay. it's the word of the day. Tom's a big fan of plethora. Okay. He likes that I've word. used plethora 38 times now. It's like now. the Easter egg in all our podcasts. Right. <laughs> what minute does Tom what say minute, plethora? Yeah. If I, I, if I put it at the end, they might listen to our episodes, yeah, right? that's probably why they come on is to hear you. Well, Tom, I... <laughs> I'm recording a couple episodes after that, so I'm going to work at Plethora <laughs> yes. just for you. And make, listen, you you send me the away. show notes or the clip of that, okay? <laughs> yes. And then All I'll right. have to it's use Matt and Dale to help me figure it out. Itself. But yeah, 
<laughs> Absolutely. Are we at the? Are we getting to the end? She's probably wishing that it was. I know. Well, I told her it was between thirty-three and forty-seven <laughs> minutes, and I something I know, like that. So I know, and you are a liar. So we're good. No, we had seven minutes and twelve seconds of banter. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so as we wind down the conversation, <laughs> thankfully. so thankfully for Jody's sake, and she's probably on the clock because she has another meeting that overlaps, but. We could talk about Abercrombie and Fitch, right? Because I shop there on a regular basis, right? Skin, for skinny jeans. Well, she used. To- Are you outing where I worked for? A oh, year? did you work there? <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. That's why I brought it up. So, yes, yeah, so, I, I don't. I think when I try to shop there, they kick me out. I could, yeah, yeah. I buy it. Well, Tom, that's my favorite story. I, you know, I, I, I came through the field working in fashion merchandising, which is a funny transition into the personal finance space. But in the latter part of my career there, I used to meet every morning to talk about which kind of deal we were going to do <laughs> to encourage people to make really bad financial decisions. <laughs> that's your, in that that's your day. moment. These yeah. $125. It was, my, it was my aha moment <laughs> where I had to get right with my soul. And, and one, I met wonderful people there. We need retailers in, out there in the world. They have also changed their their leadership has shifted over the years. I won't say anything negative about the organization, but it it was a really an important moment for me to say, how do I want my skill set and and legacy to align with my values? And so coming to AFCPE was one of the best choices I've made and very fortunate to now be in this position that I am today. Look at that. Full circle. We put a bow around it, right? She did. She (laughs) saved you. (laughs) But du- and you can cut it out if you want to. Well, we're cutting out 93% of it. But So www.afcpe.org. I tell you, I went there this morning. I went there a few months ago. There's always something that I learned from your organization and all the great things you do for the community. And thank you for your service to the military community and what you're doing as well. Yeah, thank you, Tom. And and we encourage anybody that's listening to reach out if you have questions about our programming and, and they can support you in any way. We have a really incredible community. We offer a membership organization for those who just want to plug in and, and take some education. And then I also, if it's okay, www.findanair is a really great place to go if you're looking for a financial counselor or if you're a veteran and want to get plugged in with that veterans benefits banking program, you can find it at that website as well. Wonderful. I'm glad you mentioned that. Well done. Yes. Is it time? It is time. So if you hang with us, I, I know we're <laughs> pushing the outer limits of what we what we uh, asked for here, but we do want to play. By the play. way, Ra- Rachel's enjoyed herself today. I, she won't, te- she won't tell you that. I have enjoyed myself. But, yeah. <laughs> Until after we cut the podcast off. Um, <laughs> all I know, Tom, is I got to start tuning into your podcast because if, if they're this, if it's this much fun, I'm well, going to enjoy the episodes. Yes. They, you cut out all the good we stuff. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So we, we do want to play Military Minute. In our last couple Ooh. of minutes. So we're not going to put you on the... I didn't know I about know. this. This is a- We may not put you on the spot, but you're welcome to put yourself well, on the spot. But we own the rights to it. So if you start putting it into your podcast, then- <laughs> Tom wants royalties. Right. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to monetize the podcast, oh, you watch. Oh, my word. Anyway, so last week's Military Minute, which seems like forever ago since we've done a Military Minute, was about the U.S. Marine Corps. So you, you can answer so this can one answer if you know. This. Yes, yeah. this one you can answer. Fewer than 100 people have received the title of Honorary Marine, a title that can only be bestowed by the Commandant of the Marine Corps. 
Name one famous recipient of the coveted award. Any go? Oh, I'm so embarrassed and I don't know. But I want to call upon my past board president, whose husband is a Marine. Uh, (laughs) We're on the clock. Time time to wrap. Well, you know, for our audience, there are a few possible answers. So, you know, you upped your chances of winning this this time around. What are some of those answers? So if you responded and said somebody like Chuck Norris, Brigadier General Bob Ah. Hope, Hope. Corporal Jim Neighbors, or even Gary Sinise, you could be selected for winning both $50 for yourself and $50 to a charity of your choice. And then kind of transitioning to this week's Military Minute, this one we don't want you to answer because you probably actually know the answer. And by the way, this is this is an easy one. Well, but we didn't talk about it. So some, you're going to have true. to do some research, but don't answer because I'm confident you probably know this. This week's Military Minute takes us to a question about financial planning. What is the name of the program offered by the Uniformed Services that combines elements of the legacy retirement system with benefits similar to those offered in many civilian 401k plans? So get out Google, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Call Rachel. Call Rachel. At 555. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go by her house. No, just kidding. If you know the answer to that, drop your answer when our podcast hits. And you also, if you answer right, of course, could be eligible to win $50 for yourself and $50 for a charity of your choice. Do so that's she, all I got. Do you think she knows the answer? Well, we're not going to ask her to answer because we just told her. Right, well, we'll edit that out as well. So if you enjoyed today's episode as much as Rachel did, go out to <laughs> afbank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure to rate us, leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we're also on YouTube. So if you're really trying to search the other 45 episodes, even though 43 are published, go out and find them on any one of those platforms. Well, thank you, Rachel. I'm going to put put Tom out of his misery. (laughs) Okay. I do like the Military Minute, though. That probably brings in listeners. And I love that you give back as part of the prize. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. It was great to meet you and to get to hear about AFCPE and all the good work that you're doing. Yeah, I hope I didn't land in your top two. (laughs) No, but the published date is 2027. So we will let you know. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) She'll be back at Abercrombie and Fitch. Nice. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, thank you both. I really appreciate the opportunity. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Take care, guys. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank-owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the militarily speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.